everybody, welcome to the Pearl Friday podcast and uh, get ready for week one. Uh, finally, it's here after it seems like forever. We are finally here, week one. Uh, Thursday night football coming up. Uh, Chiefs versus the Detroit Lions. Um, a lot of intrigue in that game coming up. Um, Chris Jones, not anywhere near to be seen in Kansas City right now. And Travis Kelsey hyperextends his knee. It seems like it's one of those things, right, where it's starting off already early for the Chiefs that I'll say this. It'd rather happen it now than happen in, this didn't happen in week 13, week 14. The Chiefs we've seen, we saw early, I think even last season, there was a point last season where the Chiefs were struggling a little bit, and then they finally kicked in the gear right when December came. So as long as Pat Mahomes is quarterback and they got Andy Reid, I'm not really – I think they'll be, they'll be fine. Big weekend that just passed as far as college football is concerned. Um, Colorado, TCU was the big game ticket. Uh, TCU went into the game as 20-point underdogs. TCU came away with the victory. Um, They've been showing so many clips of these other podcasters and talking heads across every network for the last two weeks before this game saying, Deion doesn't know what he's doing, Deion – They've been taking clips of Dion saying, oh, he's just talk. He's just talking. He's making a lot of one-liners. He doesn't know what he's doing. 45 to 42. Not only did they compete with TCU, there was a point, I think, in the third quarter where TCU was actually ahead. They had taken a lead away from Colorado, but they just kept coming. They just kept they kept at him. Uh, Shador ends up throwing 38 for 47. 510 yards. That's a school record. First game. First game, school record, a 90 quarterback rating. Um, we saw Dylan Edwards, the I guess you I guess he's like reminds me a lot of Isaiah Isaac Pacheco. Like, I can't really call him a running back. I can't really call him a wide receiver, but uh, he had they had four players, four receivers with over hundred yards in that in that game. Four. So, I mean, Dylan Edwards had five catches. Travis Hunter had 11. Uh, Xavier Weaver had six. Jimmy Horn Jr. had 11. Uh, Travis Hunter played, they said, 100 and something snaps in that game. Defense and offense. Played the whole game. Uh, made a phenomenal pick. I, lo- I love the clip of uh, Dion uh, after Travis Hunter makes that pick in, uh, in the red zone. And you could clearly tell, uh, and some of the, the guys on the, the next day were saying, like, you can tell that. Travis Hunter is good, but that play right there was coached. Like that was coach telling Travis Hunter to watch, to trust his eyes, watch the shirt. When the receiver goes in the inside, you know you got help there. They're going to throw it. They're going to run. The, and they, they showed in the same game that the, the Buffaloes ran the same exact play, but they executed it better and got the touchdown with Dylan Edwards. It was wide open in the end zone. Um, but I, I just love, I love that Dion. It seems like, you know, and look, Prime is. He keeps receipts. He keeps he kept all the receipts because he was he was waiting after that post game, and the and the days after he's still been talking. I'm just gonna play this clip real quick of uh, uh, Coach Prime. Give me what about me would make you think that I care about your opinion of me? Your opinion of me is not the opinion that I have of myself. You ain't make me, so you can't break me. You didn't build me, so you can't kill me. I, I, you know what? God, God established me. So you ain't nothing you could do to me. I've been him. 
I've been a difference maker, a game changer. I've been that guy. So what would change? Not a darn thing. I'm not even playing the game, and you got an opinion of me. I love it, but I don't care. And I wish the world thought like that. Youngsters, if you're out there right now, do not give a darn what opinion people have of you. Long as that opinion is not consistent of that of yourself. You be you. I'm not paying to make you feel good about me. I already feel good about me. I'm good. Message for the youngsters out there. And the old, old school, not old fools. Oh, yeah. my bad. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, Dion, uh, I think um, I think a bigger topic somebody brought up um, a good point about, you know, the the league at large, the college football at large. And at the end of the day, you know, Dion is telling, you know, his team, you know, even after the win against TCU, they still got, you know, USC coming up. I got Oregon. Coming up, so they still got some teams they got to go ahead and beat, and they may lose one of those games. But he's, you know, pretty much telling them like just as much as the the media is hyping y'all up, and we're ranked twenty two now, and you know, you know, it, as soon as we if we lose that first game, guess what? They're gonna they're gonna immediately start trashing us, saying they oh we knew they weren't that good, we knew this, we knew they were this and that. So I'm pretty sure Dion's keeping them humble and keeping them you know right. But at the same time, you know, I'm pretty sure you know what from. The, the videos he's has done in his locker room he's he's told him he's like they it's not that they don't want him they don't want him to succeed Dion. a lot of the coaches at large you know we saw lee corso this past weekend college game day before the game saying he didn't like the way Dion was doing things and think about Dion was doing it the wrong way and a lot of coaches in the pac 12 and acc and other coaches from other conferences have said the same exact thing and, and former coaches are saying the same exact thing because what they don't want, let's be real, let's be honest. What they don't want is former NFL players becoming head coaches. It's not what they, they don't want that. Yeah. We've seen guys, let's be, let's be fair. These guys coming through the ranks of, you know, their grandfather was a head coach or their uncle was a coach. And they became a scout. And then, you know, they were on this, the assist, they were assistant on the, head coaching team at 21, 22 years old. And then and they went through the different, you know, smaller schools and all of a sudden they get a big, you know, coaching job. Look at the Lincoln Riley's of the world, you know, guys that haven't actually done anything, but they seem to always keep getting big coaching gigs. You know, no matter where they go, Chip Kelly hasn't done anything. They keep getting going places and getting big jobs elsewhere. But here comes Dion, who's an established one of the best players of all time in NFL history. Um, not only can he play, he played obviously, but he can coach too. And uh, they, they're one of the podcasters that made him try while quoting Dion saying a couple weeks ago when he said, you know, you got to build a culture of winning there. You got to build a culture, you know, of you know, just got to build the right culture there to do things. And he was like, I don't have to build no culture. He's like, the culture is winning. We win football games. That will create a culture of winning. He's like, I don't have to create nothing. He's like, you give if I get the best players as college football state, we're going to win. Look at Georgia. Look, Kirby Smart is a good coach. Don't be wrong at Georgia. But you can't tell me having the highest number of five-star recruits every year, That also Alabama the same way, having the highest number of five-star recruits every year, you know, doesn't give you a – major edge against most of your competition like let's be real especially in, like in the nfl we can see the parody and things like that but in college football 
it's a very very clear like line between those schools ohio state georgia michigan and then every Notre Dame and everybody else in TCU. Like we all know TCU kind of got lucky last year. We all know they're probably not going to be back there this year. Do we know Georgia is when you see for the last what five or six years, they've been calling the BCS national championship playoff the Alabama Invitational for a reason. Alabama's in it every year. Because they get the top, they it's not because they they coach well, it's because they get the number one players. From every state. Yeah. Yep. So, I mean, Dion did what he had to do. Went and got in the transfer portal and got players in there. He, I think they said he only kept eight or nine scholarship players from last year's squad, um, but brought in his own guys. And, I mean, look, it's only been one game, but I think it's he's proven his point. Um, and, like I said, at the end of the day, guys like, you know, Hugh Jackson, who's also in, uh, in SWAC right now coaching. Uh, college football and you know I think Eddie George as well like please believe if this if this works this year you can't tell me the other schools won't be looking at other um, black professional football players that have retired who have a thirst for coaching and looking to put them in their programs because end of the day let's be real the people that are uh, sending their kids to these schools are a little bit older than us and we watch these guys play we know these guys uh, and their acumen and everything else. So you wouldn't, you you can't, you can't say that they, those parents, when they walk into, when they walk into those households, when they walk into that living room, oh, that's Eddie George, that's Deion Sanders, you know, Michael Irvin, whoever. I don't know who's going to start coaching, but if Deion, if this works this year, Deion's going to create a whole new wave, I think, in college football that I think that a lot of these you know, old guard coaches don't necessarily going to necessarily going to like. Yeah, it's uh, it that was a that was a great game to watch. I mean, I think um, a lot of a lot of us gave him more more of a shot than what obviously the national pundits might might perceive him um or perceive that team to be. Um, I always thought they had kind of a shot, but I mean, it does say a lot to come out against TCU, and it's no knock to TCU because TCU didn't play a bad game at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that's you should give Dion a little bit more credit because of that. I mean, they was able to hang with those boys. It was like just just punch after punch after punch, and they just stayed with it, and they made the one or two plays on defense that pretty much determined the outcome of the game. And that was all coaching. I mean, he was saying after the game, like, that's pretty much what he was preaching the whole game. Like, he knew what type of game it was about to be. And we, it's going to be one or two defensive plays that's going to probably play the difference in this game. And um, Dion man, he just went the unconventional route. Like, he just pretty much put all the college football on notice at this point. This is not what they wanted to happen um, based on the way he constructed his team, how I think as far as returning players, I think it was like in a single, single digits mm-hmm. damn near. It pretty much flipped the entire program around from the players to, to the coaches. And based on how he constructed that, and I know we're only talking about week one, but, you know, you can see if you watch that game from start to finish what that program is about to what the, what the program is about to do. And I'm not just talking about wins or losses, but they've they've officially like arrived, and now people are going to be looking at Colorado a certain way when they come play them. Like it's going to be a whole different situation. And college football does. I mean, obviously the money side of it, it's a good thing because now we got another powerhouse possible team. And even if they're not a powerhouse, and even if they aren't winning as many games as we think they're probably going to win they're still going to draw attention because people love uh, 
they love the they love the players. They love what Dion's built over there. They love the culture that he's creating over there. So, you know, other schools aren't going to love it so much when he when, when it's time to play them. But I just think it just speaks to to Dion. I mean, he told y'all what he was going to do. Um, he came out. He competed. Those guys that he got on that squad are damn near NFL ready in another year or two. Travis Hunter looked like he can put on a, a Ravens jersey right now. And work. <laughs> I mean, he looked incredible. Like the fact that he's able to play two ways. And a lot of people were saying, like, but how, how long is he going to be able to do two ways in this, that, and the third? And, you know, they're looking at things to nitpick Dion on, allowing him to do like stuff like that. Travis Hunter, man, he he's a dog. If you watch any of his high school games, like this is just what he was going to do. Like he this this is this is nothing. I mean, he's literally walking in Dion's footsteps damn near mm-hmm. and doing it looking a lot better at that age than even what Dion was looking like. So mm-hmm. I don't really have no doubt about their strategy and how they constructed the team, their strategy or how their game planning is it seems. They they're gonna be around. They're gonna be around. And I wouldn't be surprised if if they if if they do win a ton of games this season, um, but even if they don't, they've already showed me enough week one to know what we're about to get from these guys. So it's it's, it's going to be a whole lot of criticism because, like I said, they're going to nitpick. I'm hoping they don't turn into, you know, a, a situation where a player gets in in trouble or something, and right. then, you know, because you know, with with those situations, especially with a team with you know 75 80 percent um black players and and successful black players but not only successful but to the point where they're successful but not the way y'all want them to be successful um just based on how they you know Dion had everybody in the portal and coming to the team like that rubbed a lot of people the wrong way so I'm just hoping that if if issues arise they don't start to pile on and start to criticize and find reasons to you know break the squad apart so um outside of that I think I, I just I love what I saw I'm I'm gonna continue checking for these Colorado games every week. I mean, that's gonna be my first my first look. Who's Colorado got? And if you look at the schedule, we're gonna have some good some mm-hmm. some real good games. I mean, I, I'm hoping they're real good. Um, but based on what we've seen in that first week, I don't have no reason to doubt that. So, so 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 shout out to those dudes. They they hung in there with TCU, knocked them out of there, made some amazing plays along the way. It didn't look like a fluke whatsoever, and I'm just looking forward to seeing. Those guys every week at this point. I'm 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 back heavy watching college football now. I kind of fell off a little little bit the last few years, but I mean, they, if if you haven't been watching it, they definitely giving us a reason to get back into it. Yeah, I feel the same way. Like, you know, I feel like Dion and Colorado they're bringing like this whole new energy to college football that wasn't there. You know, like I found myself glued in to my iPhone and to my TV and, you know, I was all ready for this, for this game. And it felt like, you know, black Twitter was all up in this game, you know, people that probably don't watch college football. So I feel like, yeah, they brought this whole new energy, but as far as the game concerned, I'm just going to say it like this, Colorado should have beat them by a lot more. Yeah. Like Colorado was definitely, (laughs) yeah, they were definitely the more talented team. I mean, I think the only thing was like, there were drop touchdowns, um, and there was there was some there were some fluky misses where mm-hmm. Colorado could have broke this game wide open. <clears throat> and the fact that they didn't allow TCU to gain confidence running the ball. And I think Colorado's only weakness is is up front. Like, you mm-hmm. know, D 
defensive line, they're small. Offensive line, they're not the biggest, but they're 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 they do enough. Um, but I think their skill guys like go up against anybody in the country. Oh, yeah. Their skill guys match up with anybody. So, I mean, this Colorado team is legit. Like they they probably should have should have won this by two touchdowns. Um, but you know, like I love what I saw. Like Dion brings this energy. People don't people question him as a coach. I know this week they're questioning him, like what happens when he has to make adjustments or he has to have a close game. Just had a close game. Just had how's, it. Yeah, how's in the middle of the game. Yeah. yeah, how's he gonna manage the clock? Like, you know what I mean? So all that criticism, we'll see how he does. He'll Dion to be fine. Like Dion, the thing people forget, like he truly knows the game of football. He knew it and he played it that way. He played as as athletic as he was. He was even smarter, you know. Mm-hmm. So I think all that'll translate over. Dion will do a great job, but this team, Shiloh Sanders, he had a couple missed tackles, okay. but that kid is a baller at safety. Um, the one holdover, number forty-three, who was on the team last year, mm-hmm. he fought to stay on the team. He played well. Um, Travis Hunter, like I'm gonna talk defensively. He made so many plays on defense, like. Defended passes, being in the mix, the interception. That interception was so athletic because I thought that was a touchdown. And here he comes just he comes flying out of nowhere. over. Mm-hmm. Flying over and picking that thing off. Yeah. And that was a huge play. Like that was a huge play. Um and then offensively, I've never seen a two-way player that can impact the game on both sides like that. Dion could impact the game on both sides. Charles Woodson could impact mm-hmm. the game three ways. But Chris Gamble played both ways, and he was a Heisman candidate. But Chris Gamble, the most he'd ever had receiving in college was six receptions for 87 yards. Travis Hunter, 11 catches, what, 119 was it? Yeah, something crazy. You know what I mean? I don't think I ever saw that with Dion. I don't think I've seen that with Charles Woodson. I mean, I've seen the return touchdowns with some receiving. I've seen stuff with Desmond Howard. But I don't know if I've seen it like this. Like, truly, 11 receptions, and then going back, playing lockdown D, getting an interception. I've never seen that in a game. So, yeah. we're seeing we're seeing something special. We're seeing something historic. And then we go to Shador. Shador, like, this kid is, like, legit. I didn't, get, I didn't get to see him against, like, you know, I'm not saying, like, in the HBCU world, you don't have top talent, but the game is different. So, to see him play like this, I mean, I see the arm strength there. The accuracy is insane. Where he puts the ball is insane. I think that's his gift to the NFL right there. Um, he's just so accurate. He's so smart. The kid is poised. He doesn't get happy feet. Like, he moves in the pocket. Like, this kid is for real, for real. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, this team is just exciting. They're, they're bringing new energy to college football. And, you know, a lot of people are talking about, like, where they're going to finish, when they're going to lose. Honestly, it doesn't matter because I know they're going to bring it every single week. And if, they, if they're not competing for the playoffs or to be a top 10 or top 15 team this year, they're going to be next year. So. Yeah. And um, you just, yeah, you think like as well, like they said in, uh, in at, uh, when he was at Jackson State, they ran him over option type offense. Like he scrambled a lot more. Like he kind of ran the ball a lot more. He, he In this game, he threw it 510 yards. Like, he did get sacked a lot. He got sacked like I don't know a few times. That, that's really the question. When yeah, their team is like, how will they hold a lot. the yeah. line hold up? Um, 
But, you know, I mean, the wide receivers, the routes they were running, they were all wide open. Like, I mean, they were running, like, they were shaking the guys off of them. Like, um, now Travis Hunter, <laughs> I know he can play on both sides of the ball, but they're going to have to kind of pick and choose their spots. I'm pretty sure he's going to play primarily as a cornerback. Uh, I just know they can't play 100 snaps every game with him during the season. They're going to wear that boy out. Like, they, they, they're they going to have to I, – I think that was more of Dion showing – like, showing, like, this kid is like, nah, I'm telling you he's legit. Like, don't think that because he that because he went to an HBCU that he's not legit. And I think if that we noticed that too after the game in the post game, they asked the door and they asked the other guys that came from Jackson State. Um, that you know, yeah, we came from Jackson State and we still came out here and competed with FBS players. Like, you know, we came, we're playing the FCS, y'all saying, Oh, y'all weren't that good, y'all just played at Jackson State, and we came out here and beat y'all. We beat the the you know, the second place team that were running off for the national title last year. So I mean. I'm, I'm just saying, like you know, you know, a lot. There's, there's some of these kids that go to HBCUs, you know, because either their parents went there or legacies and stuff like that. But these guys can play. Yeah. You know, I think that helps. Dion's helping put them on the put them on the map as well going forward. You know, and look, Dion's got a primetime game next this week coming up. Another big noon kickoff game against Nebraska. Um, look, I, I think, like you guys said, I think Dion and this Colorado team is adding the Hollywood element to this season. I think for the last few years, to be quite honest, has gotten kind of dull because it's been Alabama and Georgia every every year. Alabama, Georgia. Everybody's gotten sick of it. To be honest with you, everybody's like, Alabama, Georgia. Alabama. Everybody's like, oh, Colorado. It's a new team coming out of nowhere. They got a you know, they got a celebrity head coach. You know, he 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 actually talks. You know, he he doesn't like like Nick Saban and them. Like they don't really talk to the media. They don't really say much. Neon's like, bring the cameras in here. Bring them in. Bring them on in. I want all the cameras. <laughs> I want all the microphones on. Not to mention these guys was after that one game. I think it says Shador Sanders that NIL money. Oh, it's like five point two million dollars. Oh, it's up, increased like over two point three after yeah. that one game, and that's yeah. that's that's week one. These kids gonna make money, like like and like you said, Travis. Like imagine like if if they if they make it to a big bowl game this year, right? The transfer portal. You think transfer portal was bad this year? <laughs> you think the transfer portal was bad? Dion gonna have an all Madden team out there playing for Colorado. <laughs> He's going to have some blue chippers that immediately committed to certain teams like this their freshman year this year, and they're going to want out and go play at Colorado. He's going to have guys fighting trying to get to Colorado if he makes a bowl game this year. Yeah. It's just because, again, people want to – like when you're around coaches and a program like that and you know, uh, especially – look, you look at these these guys, if, you know, these wide receivers, especially the skill players, these guys go pro, you know, in the next year or two. I mean – like I said, I wouldn't be surprised if you see other colleges who are now starting to join the SEC, SEC, the ACC. You know, these schools are coming over now. Start looking, hey, maybe we all stop looking at these, you know, coaches that, you know, we his his nephew, you know, is on the assistant team. We, let's let's go look at uh some of these retired players real quick and see if they want to coach. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know if y'all noticed too after that game. It was it was quite a bit of those TCU players walking up to Dion having yeah. some conversations so yeah yep. don't, don't be so saying Dion, where he goes usc like this imagine a usc game Dion prime in la against caleb like i mean that's come insane. on man. that come is on. insane come on that's that's gonna be that's prime time right there they might move that game to like ap they might make that a prime time football game on abc abc prime time game of the year they're gonna paint it i'm saying Dion is already in week one is changing 
the entire landscape of college football and how it operates. So I love it. I can't wait. I'm watching every week. If I can watch that game every week, I'm watching the Colorado football game every week. And I'm a Penn State fan. I'm going, but I'm watching Colorado too. I'm watching Colorado this week. So, yeah. um, moving on. Uh, so before the pod even started, we were going to say that you know, Nick Bosa and the 49ers were at an impasse. But you know, an hour before we started, Nick Bosa gets uh, the biggest contract for any defensive player, uh, more than Aaron Donald, and he's getting a was it a hundred and seventy million dollar deal with a hundred and twenty two guaranteed. That's close to 70% guarantee. So he got first, you know, he's getting paid more than TJ Watt. Um, look, um, this man made what 18 and a half sacks last season. He was defensive player of the year last year. Um, kind of surprised it took this long, like the week, the week of their first game. They go play the Steelers uh, in Pittsburgh. They got the deal done. Um, I'm, I'm assuming with Trey Lance stuff falling, falling apart. Um, you don't really, you're not really paying a quarterback money right now. So that we got to pay someone, right? I guess they figure, you know, Brock Purdy, even if he is good, he's not going to be due for another contract for another, what, three years. So by the time Bosa's money comes to an end, they'll have enough money for if they need to go get a quarterback in free agency or draft another guy. So they figure we got to spend the money, might as well give it to them. Um, so Props to him. You know, I guess he's earned it, definitely. As I said, he was a player of the year, eight, almost 20 sacks last season. Um, this, they, they, they needed him for this weekend, and they want to start the season 0-1. Yeah. You know, and, you know, from a Ravens fan perspective, we need them to beat the Steelers. Just let them start 0-1. Let's just <laughs> get that off break. Beat the crap out of them. Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty sure they were hoping Nick Bosa was going to sign that deal today. <laughs> yeah, I, I know I'm glad he signed that just off of that alone, just for so they going against the Steelers. Uh, yeah, let's go ahead and take care of that business. But he, uh, yeah, he, I mean, he absolutely deserved it. I, I can't knock it. I mean, he's their best player on defense by far. And like you said, they're not really paying big money to any QBs at the moment. So, you know, and he had the leverage. I mean, what else was they going to do? I mean, you let him go, your whole season changes at this right. point. We on week one, and you've been, you know, so like, what, what's going to be your game plan with him not not being on the field at that point? So, um, yeah, I mean, shout out to him. That man just got the crazy bag, and uh, at this point, you know, with the other guys that's looking for deals, I think you said Chris Jones and um and all those guys. Um, who knows what they're going to be looking for now? I mean. That's an insane deal. So even a little under that is still insane. So like, yeah, I don't think the Chiefs had that kind of money. Yeah, <laughs> Chris Jones. He, I'm even thinking for us, like if we needed a, to sign somebody, you know, notable, you know, that's 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 the this price up regardless yeah. on that position. So if they paying DN's QB money now, that's that's gonna be crazy because at some point we're gonna have to sign a DN some QB money. Cause that'll be a good thing if we do, but yeah, uh, yeah. But that ain't get that, that deal is still ain't do us no favors. I'll say yeah. that. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, he definitely earned that. Eighteen and a half sacks is ridiculous. Like, I mean, we'll, there's nothing you can really say. Yeah, he definitely earned that that bread. Yeah, yeah the premier positions what in the NFL or what quarterback, uh, offensive line, pass rusher. So okay. you got you got to lock out. You got to lock up your guy. I mean, if you let him go. You know, you don't have any draft picks. If you trade them, that's the only way you do get draft picks. And you can draft a pass rusher. You can draft somebody that can get you six to eight sacks, maybe eight to ten sacks. 
but you ain't just drafting anybody every day that's going to get you 18 and a half sacks, can stop the run, is a defensive player of the year. That doesn't come across every first round, you know, or second or third. Mm -hmm. So you you got to lock up your guy. And, man, this market is reset. Um, I know we talked about it beforehand. Like, Micah Parson, what, has a year or two before it's his turn? Yeah, they don't need to pay um, him early. Don't even wait. Let me pay that man right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, man, who else is coming up? Uh, you know, hey, if Owe, if Owe breaks out this year, he's next to. He he's, may not he's get got to. This is year three. He's got to. Yeah. And he, I don't know if it's Owe, Owe to break out, break out. Though. Well, well, you think about with Hassan Reddick in Philly. He did another year like oh. another year like he did last year. Oh. He could get paid. Um, Brian Burns, he's he's talking yeah, about his contract Burns, today. Yeah. So he was asking for uh 27 to 29 million. I think after today, he's gonna want yeah. more than that. So I mean the market gotta go up, that. right? It's gotta keep yeah. going. So and then and then when you look at what pass rushers are making, that this could also reset the quarterback market, especially the mid-tier. Because you're gonna quarterback's gonna say, like, hey, those mid-tier guys, they're gonna be like, hey, how's this pass rusher making more than me? I'm the guy that leads the team, every play goes through me. You know, this it's is about really impact. Just, it's yeah. the NFL saying it's about impact at this point, right? <laughs> yeah. So it's like it, the the market's going to increase on both tiers. So we're going to see a lot of guys with inflated deals over the next couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, but also the salary cap's going to go up because they got all these huge deals from Amazon and all these other places. So the NFL is swimming in money. Yeah. Yeah. I meant to mention though before we had to do our our division predictions for this year. Um, I don't know if you guys have heard, apparently um, Disney is having a dispute with, I think, Charter Cable, or they do Spectrum. Yeah. Spectrum Cable. So apparently there's an issue going on with um, Spectrum is not does not want to raise their the fee that they're charging their cable providers. Um, so Disney has decided we're blocking the U.S. Open. They blocked, I think, some college football games. And if this goes in this week, I mean, this next week, they're going to be blocking Monday Night Football on you know, all Spectrum users. I think it says around 15 million subscribers who did the cable. Um, this is potentially something to watch as far as an NFL fan, just a sports fan in general, because uh, as these leagues negotiate these deals with these uh, cable channels and even streaming services, what's going to what's starting to happen now that, you know, CBS has got Paramount and uh, NBC's Peacock and Fox has got. I don't think Fox, FS, Fox doesn't have a streaming service yet, but um, what's going to start happening is what they're going to say, and they're going to be saying, well, the ESPN is like, fine, we'll just pull all our ESPN stuff from Spectrum and make everybody else still pay for it. Because right now, like well, all of us, I'm pretty sure we, what we do, we, we not only do we pay cable, we also pay for these subscription services on top of that. Cool. So these, 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 these streaming services are now starting to say like, well, fine, we'll just pull our content off of these cable networks and just have people stream it through our streaming services. We'll do it by ourselves. We don't need cable. Problem with that is uh, a lot of these NFL team, I mean, NFL as a whole and NHL and NBA have made these deals with these cable networks, I mean, billions of dollars. If they got to renegotiate deals or deals go down, especially if these cable companies are not raising fees, that also means revenues coming down. It also means less salary money for these players. So it's a sick, it's a it's a domino effect. 
that could be we have to watch over the next year or two. These streaming services start trying to bully these cable networks. It could have directly affect fans how they watch games. We could get blackouts if, mm. for example, if if, CB, if if Paramount decides, hey, we don't like the way FiOS or Comcast is not raising fees for our games, so we're going to pull it. And the only way you're going to watch the Ravens if you have Paramount Plus. And everybody's like, I didn't have to really pay for football <laughs> games. Now I gotta pay to watch Ravens. Like I live here, but I gotta pay to watch Ravens. Like this, yeah, this it can become an issue. So that's something definitely to watch. Watch that Disney Spectrum fight because this could this could blow up real bad. Spectrum better do something because if they block that Monday Night Football game, they're gonna look. I said that's gonna be Spectrum and and Spectrum's problem because they block that game all of a sudden. That's a that's a big chunk gone. Yeah, they're gonna be mad at Spectrum and Disney. They're gonna be mad at both of them. They're like, fine, look, if you guys don't want it, we'll move it to NBC. So we'll you know what's to gonna CBS. happen? Well, they're gonna funnel wait. all them people to ESPN Plus because they show Monday Night Football on ESPN Plus. Yeah, that yeah. puts the money right back with ESPN, mm-hmm. right back to the NFL. It's really gonna make cable's gonna be in such a tough spot because yeah. that's gonna they're gonna shift all that money to the streaming services because everybody connected with the NFL, like you said, minus Fox, who is actually developing theirs. They say I'm pretty um, sure it's coming. Yeah, yeah, they they have the thing where you can like enter your cable provider, but they're yeah. gonna have a paid service. So, I mean, we're probably two to three years away from that big battle that you're talking between about between cable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. All right, uh, on our division predictions real quick. So um, the season's getting ready to start. We'll start with the AFC East real quick. Um, I'm going to pick right now, I'm going to pick the Dolphins to win the division. I'll say I'll say why. I'm not, I definitely don't trust Mac Jones and the Patriots. Bill Belichick, I think, is on, I think he's on a hot seat right now. They don't really have any, they, ha- they have a lot of castaways on that team right now. Like, outside of Ramon J. Stevenson, uh, you got Juju there, but I mean, like, again, they don't really have anybody that wows me there. The Jets, the only reason I'm not picking the Jets is because I think there's a lot of hype of them, a lot of hype on this team a little too early. I get it. Like, Aaron Rodgers is the guy, he's a two time MVP. But let's remember the last few years that Aaron Rodgers was in Green Bay, they haven't looked like themselves. Um, they've given him everything he's wanted there. He's got what Val, he's got, uh, what's his uh, name, the wide receiver. <laughs> Um, scouting. Is it Valdez Scantling that's there? Yeah. Now you got Alan, is Alan Lazard there Alan as well. Yeah. Uh, he's got, um, you know, he's, he's, but he's uh, like, I'm interested to see what he does with Garrett Wilson. You got Brees Hall. You got Dalvin Cook. Um, the defense is really good. However, you got this kind of hype this early on in the season. I, it's the Jets. I got to wait and see. I think the Dolphins. I said, let's start with the Bills. The Bills, they had a lot of turmoil at the end of the season. It's the last image we saw of Stefan Diggs yelling at Josh Allen on the sideline. Um, and it hasn't really been that chipper in the in, in preseason either, like in training camp. Like they they said there's been some issues, and guys just seem like, you know, Von Miller's out for the first, what, four or five weeks. He's still recovering from his injury. Um I, I just feel like the Bills may have missed that window. Like I get, I, I think Josh Allen's a good quarterback. Don't get me wrong, but I think the what we saw at the end of last season is a little bit of that frustration. I think there some of those guys have, have are have expected to be at least in a Super Bowl by now. Like they've expected that he's been in a Super Bowl by now, and they haven't gotten there. And now that the Aaron Rod, the Jets have you know gotten Aaron Rodgers, it's gonna make it a little bit more difficult. 
I'm going to pick the Dolphins because no one's really paying attention to the Dolphins right now. I think Tua with his concussion issues and brain, he did add like 20 pounds apparently of weight to try to, you know, negate him getting knocked around so much. Um, losing Jalen Ramsey for most of the season definitely going to hurt them on defense. Um, but they had a good defense before him. So they had a good defense last year. They still got Wallace. They got Tariq Hill. Um, Jeff Wilson Jr. I think is on IR right now, but he'll be back I think by week four, week five. You got Raheem Moss. They, they got a lot of speed. Downs is a really good, I think, he can dial up really well. I think he learned some lessons from the end of the year last year as being a first-time head coach. Uh, so I think it's everybody's going to be focusing on the Bills and the Jets. And I feel like the Dolphins are that team that's just going to wiggle their way past everyone. It is, it's going to be real close, but I think the Dolphins wiggle their way to the first place, AFC East. Yeah, I think for the AFC East, um, I, I still got the Bills winning that. Uh, division actually, I, I, I think, I, I think you know, I, I know it didn't end the best for the Bills, but I, I do think they still have a solid squad. Um, you know, maybe at running back they can be stronger, but I, I just think that Josh Allen can kind of take them further than the rest of the quarterbacks in this division. I'm not including Aaron Rodgers in it because obviously that's his that'll be his first year, uh, playing with the Jets, but I, I think him with his team, he still got the weapons on his, you know, on his side as far as receivers and things like that. And he's still a threat with his legs. I, I I just think they'll just be built further, you know, in the longer run than what the Dolphins are. I do have the Dolphins at two. I do got them at two. Um, only reason I have them at two and not one is because I'm still not sold on this Tua situation. I think the fact that it can only pretty much take one concussion this season that could possibly mm-hmm. knock him out. Um, I think that's something that we, we just got to look at. Like we, you just don't know. And as these games get more and more significant, um, I feel like down, the, down, the, down the clutch, the clutch of the season, I think something, I don't know. I just don't have the faith that he's going to be able to finish the year out based on how last year went. So that's why I have them at two, because I think he does play probably, at least majority of the year for them to still be ranked second, but I think he's not going to finish out the year. Um, and then I have the Jets coming in third because I do think the Jets are going to be a uh, a formidable um, competitor in this division for sure. I think it's just going to be really, really close between them and the Dolphins. Um, but by being, you know, Aaron Rodgers' first year, you know, he's bringing over some of the same receiver weapons and things like that. I don't know if it's just going to translate – over to the Jets. I think they'll have a tougher time even just outside of this division than than, than the other teams. So I have them at third. And I have the Patriots last just because I didn't I haven't believed in them since Tom Brady left, to be honest. So um until they show me something different, they're still gonna be last. Yeah. Um this is a tough one for me. Um I'm going with the Jets. I know the hype machine is all around them. Um, But, yeah, I'm not – I have two on my fantasy football team, but I'm not sold on him bringing them victories. I I can see them putting up stats. I mean, they have weapons. um, But I just don't think they have it all together as a team yet. Um, And I am not completely sold on uh, Mike McDaniels as a – as a head coach, I mean, he's a great play caller, offensive schemer, but we saw some stupidity in the playoffs last year. That was very egregious. And it made me really question his competency as a head coach and manager of tough football games. Um, New England, 
<laughs> no. Um, and in <laughs> Buffalo, um, yeah, Buffalo, I just, I just think they have too much drama. I think what we're going to see is that trade request from Stefan Diggs come on through. Um, he's going to be a big uh, trade deadline name. And I think, you know, Buffalo may be comfortable letting him go the more, you know, the chirping begins. And if he doesn't get off to a strong start, it's going to get bigger. And I think they're really comfortable with Gabe Davis. Granted, I don't think Gabe Davis is Stephon Diggs, but that doesn't mean that front office doesn't think that. So I think the Bills have a little bit of drama, and I'm not sure how that's going to play out in the season. Um, so I'm rolling. Hey, I'm rolling here with the Jets. J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. Mm-hmm. All right, all right. So everybody's got different ones. You you ain't have to do that, Travis. You ain't have to do that. (laughs) Hey, man, I just want to be cool like (laughs) y'all. The next one, uh, AFC South, Jaguars. There's consensus, Jaguars. (laughs) Houston, Texas got rookie quarterback. Colts got rookie quarterback. Titans, Tannehill might not even be starting quarterback by week eight. Like, I'm, rolling, I'm rolling with the Jags. And we're, yeah. I, I think I'm rolling with the Jags. Yeah. Nice to talk about this. Like it's, it's yeah, Jags. let's just throw it up. Jags. Jags. Yeah, Jags. Okay. Calvin Ridley, <laughs> comeback player of the year. Yeah. I like I, yeah, that's crazy. They're getting Ridley back, man. That's, that's what's crazy. That the, How good that offense was last year, and they're getting Ridley back. Yeah. And if Etienne is like 100% this year, man. You better stay off that fan duel this year, though. Yeah. Right. Fan, yeah, I was, I'm trying to make bets already, man. <laughs> I mean, future bets already. <laughs> right. um, AFC West. Uh, so, I mean, Chiefs win. I, I'll, I'll take that. But I think, uh, you know, obviously they're starting off a little bit behind the eight ball with, you know, Chris Jones and who knows when he's going to play at this point, if he even sits out the whole season. Uh, Travis Kelsey, hyperextended knee. I don't think it's going to be a long-term thing. Um, so I, I think the Chiefs obviously win the division now. Um, Garoppolo starting with the Raiders there. Um, Josh McDaniels is, is McDaniels the head coach now with them with the Raiders. So, I mean, he's he gets his guy that he wanted, you know, he was a potentially going to coach in New England, you know, with um, with Brian but the Belichick. Uh, so he gets him there. You got Devontae Adams. Uh, however, Josh McDaniels in his previous stints has just not good. Um, Chargers again. I feel like the between the Raiders and the, it's between the Raiders and the Chargers for second place, and somebody's going to fall into second place only because one of them is going to make a mistake. And Brandon yeah. Staley, look as good as, as Herbert is, and he got paid this offseason. Look, Keenan Allen's been dealing with some 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 injuries the last couple of years. Mike Williams got a bad back. Um, Austin Eckler isn't happy with his contract situation. I mean, he's there kind of playing begrudgingly now. Um, the Khalil, Khalil Mack, Joey Bosa thing has not panned out as they hoped. Uh, even Derwin James being safety, like he's as good as highly talented as he was coming into the league. You know, he was hurt and he hasn't really been an impact player that they had kind of expected him to. Uh, I kind of think the Chargers take uh, – look, Herbert I think will keep them in games a lot, but a lot of it depends on who he's throwing the ball to at this point, to be honest with you. And I think there's a lot of begrud- – like a lot of guys on that team – whether it be injury or just contract situations that seem to be whatever. So I'm, I'm actually going to put the Raiders here in second place for the AFC West and the Chargers in third. Okay. Um, I, I'm going with the Chiefs. I think the Chiefs are going to win this division. Um, 
I do have the Chargers in second, actually. Um, I, I'm just not sure what this Raiders squad is going to look like. Um, you know, I still I have some pieces that are that are there that I that I still like, obviously, but I'm just more unsure. I mean, Chargers, obviously, you know, with the injury concerns, you know, with a few of the players, that's always going to be a thing. But I'm I'm you know. If they stay healthy, um, I think I do have them finishing out second. It's not. It's kind of not fair what I did to the Dolphins because I, I said pretty much I don't think Tua is going to stay healthy, but I think the situation is a little bit different. But I do have um, – I got the Chiefs, I got the Chargers, I have the Raiders, and Paul Russell. I just – I just – I, I yeah, think he plays, I think he plays better, but <laughs> I just – I don't know. I, I just don't see it. I don't. I don't see the Broncos riding very far this year, um, so I got them last. I'm with you. Put them in last place. They're just gonna score more points. That's all. Like <laughs> they're yeah. gonna score more points. But I mean, to be honest, I don't think Sean Payton's doing himself any favors so far. He's just been really wild with the comments, the demeanor, and I just don't know what that looks like coming into this team. Um. You know, I don't know if he's winning over the team. I could be totally wrong. But I also think – I don't think Russell Wilson is a Sean Payton quarterback. I just don't. Like, I mean, he had Drew Brees who, you know, he may have kissed a couple babies or whatever. But he was a fiery, tough guy. And I don't see that with Russ. Russ is like a politician. He's just he's just out there being a good guy, keeping a clean image. He's he's. I don't think he's a leader of men. I've never thought that. I don't think he's a leader of men. And I think that's going to clash with Peyton. But I also mm-hmm. think they're just not going to be as that good. So Broncos last place. Raiders in third place. Um, quarterback, quarterback, quarterback. I don't think Garoppolo is going to play too well. I don't think Josh McDaniels is a competent head coach. I don't have anything else to say there. Chargers, all the talent in the world. They got a great receiving core. Incompetent head coach. I think Herbert, he chokes in big games. Um, Yeah, second place. Chiefs, you know, this could change depending on this Kelsey diagnosis. They're claiming his ACL is intact. I have doubts. We'll find (laughs) out the truth on the next next episode. Um, (laughs) But I still have them in first place. I think, you know, with this division – uh, Mahomes could still make it work with or without Kelsey. He probably just won't win a Super Bowl without Kelsey. So Chiefs, first place. Yeah. All right, we'll start with the NFC West real quick. Uh, I mean, this is a two-team race, to be honest with the 49ers, Seahawks. Um, uh, Brock Purdy coming off of UCL. That's going to be interesting to see. You know, I think they said he's ready to go. Said it seems like he's ready to go. Um how that holds up this year. Cause I mean, like similar to, you know, what base, what pitchers get in baseball when they get, get Tommy John surgery to repair that, you know, tendon. Um, so uh, we'll see, you know, you know, they got, I mean, they got the same squad. You got Debo, you got Brian Ayuk, you got, you signed Nick Bosa to a huge contract. You got Fred Warner. Like they got the usual suspects in Fort. You got Kyle Shanahan calling the plays. Um, they're pretty good. Now, the real test is going to be, I think this will be Brock Purdy's first full season as the 49ers uh, quarterback. He's not going to take anybody by surprise this year. They got film on him. I guarantee everybody in the NFC has been watching it and all over the league. So we'll see, you know, how, you know, Kyle Shanahan 
really has, you know, his his Tom Brady, you know, six late late round draft pick, mm-hmm. and he turns into, you know, a Pro Bowl quarterback. So uh, we'll see there. Now the Seahawks and Geno Smith. Now look, Geno had a best year of his career last year. Uh, got a really good, you know, deal for for him. You bring in then Jigba. Uh, you got um, DK Metcalf still there. Uh, Kenneth Walker and you know those guys. They they haven't been healthy. His running backs haven't been healthy. Uh, hopefully they are this year. They have a pretty decent defense. Again, it's a two-team race, but I just think right now, if Brock Purdy plays the way he did last year, the 49ers run away with this division easy. If he stumbles a bit, the Seahawks could take this away from for the 49ers. They could. If Brock Purdy stumbles a little bit or he gets hurt. Yeah, I think um Yeah. I think I think the 49ers take this division. Um I, th- I think um, that it's, it's crucial that he's going. They're going to get a full year with Brian Purdy. Um, granted, he stays healthy. I think they're going to not run away with this division. I think it's going to be neck and neck with Seattle. To be honest, um, I, I haven't really heard any noise coming out of Seattle in the off season. But you know, if they play just as good as they played last year, then I feel like they're still going to be right there with them. I think the Niners might not look as great but they'll still look just a tad bit better than seattle so i got the 49ers um winning that division i got seattle coming up competing with them um right behind them um these both these teams could possibly make the playoffs so um i I do have 49ers at first but i have seattle as a strong second and i do have the rams uh finishing third and the cardinals finishing dead last and probably not just in that division The last period. All right. I got Seattle taking this division with the caveat that Jamal Adams comes back. Um, I mean, Seattle has uh, really invested into this team. And I feel like they're in uh, a state where they're like, maybe we could win now. And they're my sleeper team for the year. Even though they went nine and eight last year, they're my sleeper team. And I'll say this. They added who I think is the second best receiver in this draft behind Zay Flowers mm-hmm. and um, Jackson Smith from Ohio State. Um, and he's playing with um, my guy DK and Tyler Lockett. And I think he's going to be great out of that slot. Mm-hmm. They've, they've been raving about him. They've invested into the cornerback position, the pass rush position, invested into the offensive line, added another running back. Jamal Adams should be coming back at some point. I think this is a dangerous team. And they kept the passing game coordinator who's really helping Geno. Um, so I think this team is a sleeper team to make it to the NFC Championship game. I could be totally wrong, but I'm riding with it. I think they take this division. I just don't think Brock Purdy year two is going to do what he did at the end of last year. Um, and then I'm, I don't know how I feel about the receiving core, specifically Debo Samuel, when he took a huge step back last year. So, um, Seattle, taking it. Okay. All right. Uh, NFC South might be the worst division in football this year. Um, flip a coin. Um, <laughs> I mean, you got the Falcons, the Panthers. You got Desmond Ritter's going to be starting there at quarterback. You got Bryce Young at Carolina, who they've already said is – Look, he's a rookie. Like it may take him a couple of years, but he hasn't been great. I mean, I think they got uh, uh, Adam Thielen's there now. He lost obviously DJ Moore. Um, yeah, uh, Tampa Bay. 
Baker Mayfield. Mike Evans already said he wants out. <laughs> he said, unless I get like stupid money, I don't, I don't want to be here. Uh, the Saints, uh, I mean, Alvin Kamara, I think his, I think his, he's past his prime now at this point. He's not the same guy anymore. Uh, is Michael Thomas going to play? Is he? The man hasn't played in like three years. <laughs> they got Chris Olave. I mean, they do have him. Don't get me wrong. Um, I think by default, the Saints just take it because they have a really good defense. You still got, you know, um, is it Cameron? Cameron Jordan there on that defense. Like, they still have a really good defense. Dennis Allen is their head coach, a defensive guy. A defense will be good. I don't know if how all good the offense will be, but I, I just think the other three teams' offenses are just that bad that the defense for the Saints just gives them that edge. So I'm going to pick the Saints. I'll pick the Saints first place. Atlanta second. Carolina third. Have a big last. Yeah, that's that's kind of where I'm at with it. Um, I'm actually not sure. Uh, I'm gonna hate watching this division this year. Any game they come on TV, I'm just not. I'm, I'm gonna turn it off. Watch it. There were Thursday night game this division's on. I'm not watching it. Yeah, it's gonna be tough. Um, well, yeah, I, I think um, I think I got this. I guess I guess I got the Saints. I did I did kind of like how the Panthers finished off last year. Do do they still have who who's that QB right now? Bryce Young. Bryce Young. And he hasn't looked good. Yeah, he hasn't he has, hasn't wild anybody. <laughs> <laughs> they were raving about him when he got drafted, but now that he's been yeah. in camp, they were like, mm. This is tough, but I'm <laughs> I'm gonna go Saints. I'm actually gonna go Saints. You know what? I might go Bucks. I might, I might just go Bucks. I'm gonna go Bucks, Saints, Atlanta, Carolina. And the reasoning is who who knows what the reasoning is, but I just feel like <laughs> I just I just feel like I don't really have faith in any of these teams, but I I feel I feel like I just feel like with um you know Mike Evans and, and those guys over there, I, I just I, I can just see them winning more games in general over in Tampa Bay, um, even though, you know, they, they're not going to be the team that they were. They, they've still been there. So I, I just feel like just that alone is going to get them through on this division, at least. So I, I would say Bucks, Saints, Atlanta, you know, Drake London and those guys um, and then Carolina. I got Atlanta winning the division. They had the best offense in this division last year, and they got better. Desmond, they got they got rid of my man Mariota. Desmond Ritter is going to be the quarterback. He's looked good so far. Bijan Robinson is the best overall weapon in the draft. Mm-hmm. So I think this team got better offensively, and they're already the best offense in this division. They've upgraded defensively. They got Calais Campbell. They added Bud Dupree. They added Jeff Okoda, and they added Jesse Bates. From the, right, from the Bengals, so yeah. they've invested into this defense. I don't think it's going to be a top ten defense, but it's not going to be the bottom defense that it was last year. So I have Atlanta taking this division. I think Jameis Winston, as long as he's just starting quarterback, yeah, it's not going to happen for the Saints. They're just going to have a good defense. Um, Alvin but Kamara yeah, suspended. Starting, I think Derek Carr starting. Oh, Derek Carr. I'm sorry. Yeah, Derek Carr. Yeah, yeah. Same thing. I don't think he's going <laughs> to take you to that division. <laughs> division division title but Alvin Kamara suspended um 
I don't know what the receiving core look it looks like outside of uh was it Chris Olave? I don't know how to say Olave. his last name. Olave, yeah. Olave. So I don't know what that looks like. Uh Tampa Bay, they're a cluster. Um and then lastly, Carolina. Yeah, they can't protect Bryce Young. So he looked bad, but he probably looked a little bit better with offensive line. Offensive line looks terrible. Their defense is getting older. They moved Jeremy Chin, the linebacker. I think that's going to be a fail. I don't think they they got rid of their best weapon, their best two weapons in DJ Moore and Chris McCaffrey over the past year. They're going to regress. They're going to be picking in the top three again next year. So what did I say? Atlanta, New Orleans, Tampa Bay, Carolina. I do like I do like that Atlanta pick after you yeah. put all those facts. I did not know about half of those. Yeah, I, I completely forgot about uh, the running back. They yeah. they, remember, they still got Algiers from last year. They did draft. Yeah, they I, I, I completely and forgot. And Cordero Patterson. Right. Yeah. So yeah, okay. I think we'll I think Mariota just left a bad taste in my mouth, and I was just you know even though he's really? gone, they got Ritter now. Nobody had me thinking about. Yeah. yeah. Uh, NFC North. This was a little bit one of the more competitive divisions I think in in the NFL this year. Uh, Packers are starting Jordan Love, obviously. Um, they still got Aaron Jones there. You got Christian Watson who came on last year toward the end, play well. They still have a pretty good defense. They still got uh, my guy over there, Jair Alexander, you know. So um, the Lions, uh, they got better. They still got Aiden Hutchinson there. Jared Goff is coming back after a good year. Jameson Williams, I think, is he's out. Is he out for the first few weeks because of the betting stuff, I think? Yeah. So he was betting in the team facility, but he will another season where he's going to miss like four or five games, but he'll be out there at some point. Uh, they did draft uh, Gibbs, uh, Jameer Gibbs, um, at running back now, obviously letting go of DeAndre Swift. Um, the Bears, Justin Fields, you know, they got DJ Moore there now. A lot of it's going to really depend on how, uh, how Fields progresses, to be honest with the Bears. If if Justin Fields can take the next step, this Bears team could be really competitive. Not going to see if they necessarily mean playoff team, but they can be competitive this year. And the Vikings, look, the same old, same old. You know, let Delvin Cook go, but they barely use him. So they got Madison back there now. Still got the best wide receiver in football, Justin Jefferson, who probably is going to get two thousand yards receiving this year. Um, you got T.J. Hawkinson, who they just they just paid. Not T.J. Um, that's the Detroit Lions. They just paid uh, all that money. Uh, the defense for the Vikings, though, last year was bad. And they didn't get better in the offseason. Yeah. Um, I'm going to have to – I'm going to pick to win this division. I'm going to pick the Green Bay Packers to win this division this year. The Jordan I Lions. would say the Lions. I would say the Lions, but I think they surprised a lot of people last year. Not a lot of people took them seriously. Uh, they got Amon right, Ross St. Brown. I think they got a lot of guys that played well for their first time. Jared Goff, Aiden Hudson being a rookie, Amon Ross St. Brown. They got a rookie running back. They had a lot of guys play well their first time. Can they do it again next year? Uh, I think that we are going to see Matt LaFleur in Green Bay actually coach this time without Aaron Rodgers being there. Uh, so he's going to stall his offense. From what I've heard from out of Green Bay, like he's he's been good in training camp. They haven't had any issues. They look, they look poised out there. I don't even know what he's doing. He's another guy that's been sitting for three, two, three years is what Green Bay does with their quarterback. So, you know, they're, they don't, they're not hitting the panic button in Green Bay. And I think that, you know, playing Lambeau Field still carries, you know, a lot of weight there. And I think that um, the Aaron Rodgers stuff was just weighing on the city, weighing on the franchise for the last two years. The cloud that he was bringing over there with his ayahuasca, blowing that smoke over there. But, you know, it's, 
I think that they Aaron Rodgers stuff is done. They can start over now and start fresh. And I think that um, I still think it'll be breaking pad. Don't get me wrong, but I think the Packers edge edge this one out. Win this division. Yeah, uh, this is a this is kind of a tough one um, for me. I I do think. Um, yeah, the 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 Vikings. I don't really see. I don't know why I'm starting at the bottom of, of the list, but I think the Vikings. I think they're going to be better than the Bears, but I don't think I, I think the top two teams will be the Lions and the Packers. I'm going to give the top team actually to the Lions. I think they're going to have a really really good year. Um, they are missing a couple of players because of that betting stuff, but we'll kind of see how that plays out in the first few weeks. Um, as far as if you know if if, if they're truly matters or not but I think the Lions are going to be one I think the Packers um you know it, it's still a major change I mean you know they they have their system over there but you know their first year without Rodgers it's just going to look way different to me and I think maybe next year they're going to probably be a little bit better um coming to their own of what they're probably going to look like going forward but I just don't see them competing um to win the division. I do think they will come in a close second. I think the Vikings will be third. And um, I, I really don't see how Justin Fields is going to be that much better, even though he has weapons. But, uh, you know, I could be wrong really, really early on in the season because, I mean, we'll kind of see um, right away. But I don't think the upgrades they made is enough to make Justin – I don't think there's much you can do to, to make him uh, that much better. I, I just never saw him as that pure – QB that can kind of get your team to where it needs to be um, from the beginning. So I was never really high on Justin Fields, even in the games that he played well. Um, it just he hasn't he hasn't really shown me anything. So I saw the Bears last. So I I, I have the the Lions winning division. I got the Packers coming in a close second. The Vikings going to be tight with. I think it's going to be the Packers and the Vikings kind of duking it out for the second spot, and then the Bears um, finishing last. Okay. Um, all right, I'll make it quick. Detroit, more weapons through the draft. Defense got better. Second year in the defense, I think Aaron Glenn is a great uh, defensive coordinator. Um, got them taking the division. I have uh, Minnesota coming in number two. I think Kirk Cousins steps up because his job is on the line. Justin Fields, I think, will take another step, not a Pro Bowl step, but another step. I think he's helped by the offensive line improvements and DJ Moore. I think the Bears are going to be like a French team. I think Green Bay's in last place. Um, they'll have a tough defense and they can make they'll make it tough for teams, but offensively, there's really nothing there. I don't think Jordan Love is that guy. I don't think Aaron Jones can carry that team by himself. I don't think Christian Watson is a number one receiver. Um, I just don't see it for Green Bay. All right, NFC East. Um, this one's going to be a little bit tough. I mean, the Eagles won it last year. NFC East is notorious for not having the same winner win the division. <laughs> they, they, they swap out every single year. Um, Cowboys, you know, they're bringing – they got Stephon Gilmore, you know, as a cornerback now. Mike McCarthy has officially taken over uh, play calling duties now because uh, – uh, what's his name? Kellen Moore is gone. Uh I think he's in Vegas or he's even in San Diego now. I think he's in San Diego. Um, he's still got Trayvon Diggs. He's got Micah Parsons. He, he's in the, the Cowboys on paper should be in a, in a Super Bowl on paper. However, Dak Prescott, you know, 15, was it 15 interceptions in 12 games last year? 
Um, he's, I would have to assume at this point, you know, if he gets hurt again, he's been, since he's gotten hurt, he's been hurt now the last few years. Um, the Giants, Daniel, I don't trust Daniel Jones. You know, Daniel Jones is a mid-level quarterback. Saquon Barkley, look, he's a home run hitter, get me wrong, but he's, he's not a guy that's going to grind out four or five yards per carry. He's going to be a guy that's going to get stuffed for one or two yards and then break a 60-yard run. He does that every week. <laughs> you know, at some point in the game, he's going to break one of those runs. Um, wide receiver-wise, don't really see anything for them. Defense are pretty decent. They were good last year. They coached well by Dayball, so he can bring a lot out of that team. Uh, Washington Commanders, Sam Howell starting their rookie quarterback. Um, I do like Brian Robinson there, running back for there. They got a really good receiving core, John Dotson and Terry McLaurin. Um, you know, the defense has got to take that step back. They got to look like they were three years ago. Chase Young and Jonathan Allen and those boys and Sweat, and they, they, they got to get, they got to get back to where they were three years ago. Um, what I'm gonna, I'm gonna stop. I'm saying the Eagles for right now just because Jalen Hurts, I think, is that guy. I think that they did get better. They got Jordan Davis there in the defense. I think he's gonna create a lot of problems for a lot of offensive lines, you know, whoever they play this year. They were able to bring back Bradbury. They brought back Darius Slay. They got Hassan Reddick back. So I'm like, they're, they're going to be – I think they're going to be good. So the Eagles are first place. Um, I'm going to say the Cowboys second. I think the Washington Commanders will finish third. Uh, I, just, I just I think the offense is going to be pretty good, I think, with um, the enemy there. And I think the Giants will finish last just because I think – Dayball's a good head coach, but I, I just don't think that – with the Commanders getting better and everybody else getting better in the division – I think they're going to finish the last place. Yeah, that's that's uh, your picks. That's exactly how I had it, Miles. I mean, Eagles won last year. Um, that division, they're going to win that division again this year. Um, I don't think it's going to be as close this year. Um, they their locker room. I mean, they got one of the best locker rooms in the league. I mean, everyone's pretty much coming back. The All Stars are coming back. The chemistry in that on that team is just phenomenal. I mean, you can tell just the way they play that they're in sync just throughout the season on and off the field. Um, they, 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 they play hard for their coach. Um, there's just no reason why they shouldn't win this division again. Um, the Cowboys, I do have them in a close, uh, not a close second, but I have them in second, probably close with whoever's going to be in third at the Cowboys second, um, just because I, I don't have full faith in Dak Prescott. I mean, that's really the main reason. And even outside of that, I mean, they haven't shown me that they'll be, you know, that, that, that they're better than the Eagles in any way. So there's, there's no reason why I think their record is going to be better. Um, Dak is just, to me, he's not there. He, he's borderline on a bubble, but um, as far as I'm concerned. So I don't have the Cowboys. I have the Cowboys second still. Um, with that being said, um, I, I do think they're still going to be, you know, be in a playoff picture, especially in the NFC. Um, then I have – I do have the Commanders coming in third as well. Um, I – I just feel like, you know, new energy, new ownership. Mm -hmm. um, QB didn't look half bad. I mean, they were playing their hardest in that preseason game against us. But, I mean, it's still some takeaways that you can take away from what, from what we saw. Um, I do think Chase Young, he takes a step up. I think I don't think he has a choice but to take a step up this year. I mean, for, you know, what they drafted him to be, I think this year he's going to kind of show a lot of that dominance that he has. And the Giants, I mean, they just look like more of the same. I mean, they, they look good. At last year, um, as far as what their ex expectations were and, and what they actually achieved, but 
they haven't shown me that they've gotten better. So I'm going to go put them last because everybody else, you know, they pretty much kind of solidify where they are. I, I just don't think the Giants have made any changes significant enough for me to to care. I mean, Saquon is their best player, but you you can't win, win games necessarily at running back, not, not the Giants. Yeah, um, so this is how it looks like for me. Um, I think the command it's gonna be a tight division. A bunch of eight and eight, nine and sevens, ten ten and sevens, um, well nine and eights, you know, you get what I'm saying. Um, so I think it's gonna be this Washington, it's gonna look like it did last year. Washington's gonna come up in the rear, eight nine and eight team. Um, I think they're they're just as good talent wise. I think there's gonna be a power struggle with the head coach and the offensive coordinator. The Giants, I think, are going to be a little bit better, so they may be better in the playoffs if they make it, but I just think Daniel Jones is not a championship QB. Dallas, I think, is going to be a lot better, but they'll falter in the playoffs. Philly, they're going to run it back. They're going to be a contending team, and they're going to take this division. All right. Who we got here? We got to do, of course, Ravens-Texans preview. Now, uh, of what we've heard, Mark Andrews is dealing with some issue and questionable for this game on Sunday. Uh, now, however, it's the Texans. Okay. Now, look, maybe I'm taking it a little too easy, too light, because it's the Texans. D'Amico Ryan is a rookie head coach. They got rookie quarterback. Um, they they did play hard last year. Like they played tough towards the end of the season, especially when they played the Eagles in that game. Towards the end of the season, like they play tough. They got a decent running back, and it was a Damian Pierce. Um, but I think the Ravens, you know, with the energy they're coming out with this week, um, Odell Beckham, Lamar Jackson getting paid. Like, I think there's a new, like you, we, we've said about other teams, like the, the energy in this locker room now is a lot different than it was last year. I think with Greg Roman there, there's a lot of the same old, same old kind of stuff going through the motions. But I think Todd Munkin has got these guys excited about what this offense could potentially be. You got Zay Flowers playing in his first NFL football game, really can show what he's going to be able to do. So, even if Mark doesn't play, I still like they still got Kolar. You still got Likely. They said you can still use Nelson Aguilar out there and Devin Duvernay and Wallace if you need to put another receiver out there. Um, there's going to be a lot of stuff. And, you know, we get caught on the defensive side, you know, a job was going to be playing in his first, you know, first full season now. Kyle Hamilton, after another great, a good preseason, good finish in Atlanta last year, is going to look really good. I mean, interesting to see what that secondary is that those cornerbacks are going to look like for this game. Um, I think because it's CJ Stroud and he wasn't highly touted coming out of college, they had some question marks around him. He doesn't really have an offensive minded head coach there in Houston. He might, he's definitely going to struggle a little bit. I think the Ravens are going to get after him. I think that uh, McDonald is definitely going to blitz a lot. He's going to probably price in Kyle. Uh, he'll price in maybe put Geno Stone in some packages as well. Like they're going to be sending Patrick Queen and Roquan. They're going to be doing all kinds of things, I think, to, to mess with him. And so CJ Stroud, but. I think in this game, uh, we, we might. See, I think we're going to see in the first half the Ravens try to start fast. I think they're going to try to put away the Texans early. I think we're going to see a very speedy offense. I think it's going to be. I think it's going to. It's going to blow our minds. To be honest with you, I think it's going to be like we haven't seen this even in 2019 with the Greg Roman offense. I think we're going to see some some stuff in this offense, some reverses, some bubble screens, some slant routes and fades, and all kinds of stuff, back shoulder throws. In this, I think in this first half, we're going to be like, man, this 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 Ravens offense is going to be dangerous, man. And I think a lot of, they're going to put, even though again, I said it's against the Texans, 
this Ravens offense is going to get on ESPN. Just some highlights, yeah. I think, in this game for sure. Um, so I'll predict in this game, I think the Ravens put up 35 easy in this game, um, maybe even 40. Um, I think the Texans may put up, you know, seven. I mean, they get seven or ten late, you know, defense. They put take Lamar out, they rest him a little bit, and it kind of, you know, game's over. But I think I think 40, 40 to 10. I'll say 40 to 10 for Ravens. Nice, nice. I hope I hope that happens. Um, yeah, I I, I have similar sentiments uh, about this game. I'm just excited to see the playbook, uh, honestly. I mean, we've all been kind of waiting to see what the offense is going to look like. And even in this game, I don't think he's going to open that playbook all the way. Um only if needed. So I'm sure they want, don't want to show their hand um, that the Bengals coming up the week after. But um, not to look past this week, but I do think that we're going to have a solid um, solid win. Um, we're going to learn a lot about this team, about where they're really at um, in this game. I'm super excited um, because it's week one, and we know that Lamar Jackson is like a week one like monster. Like mm-hmm. he, he goes crazy in, in week one historically over his – uh, past five five or six years. So I think um, our receivers are going to put on a show. I don't even think Odell is going to finish the game. They'll, he'll probably go off and they'll probably sit him down because, you know, he probably won't be needed. Um, I think that um, Bateman is probably going to show up. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're all, we all expect Zay to do some things, but I think Bateman is going to show you guys or show everybody that, you know, he's back and he's healthy. And, and just to remind everybody, you know, why he was drafted here. Um, so I, I think our receivers are going to fare well. I think that's what everyone's kind of mostly excited to see, just to see what this offense does. The Titans are going to do what the Titans do. Um, no surprise there. I do want to see how this offensive line holds up um, against against the Texans because that's kind of one of our points where we're kind of like unsure. We're sure, but we're kind of unsure about what we're getting. And on the defensive side of the ball, um, even though we have our concerns at at cornerback with Marlon being out. Um, just interested to see what we got with Rockison and what we yeah. got with Ronald Darby because we don't really know what we got. Um, so that would be interesting to kind of see where we're at um, and kind of assess that. But I'm looking forward to that. And I'm excited to see um, Mark Marcus Williams starting off the season healthy. He'll, he, hopefully he remains healthy the whole year. And, and Kyle Hamilton. I think I'm most excited on defense probably yeah. to see Kyle Hamilton because he's just going to have free reign back there to do what he do. And, and, and I think he's going to be one of those Pro Bowl players, um, you know, that's going to be elected from our team. I, I think Kyle Hamilton is on the top of that list, along with obviously some of the obvious ones, um, you know, with Lamar and everything. So that's probably uh, what I'm most excited to see. I think the game's going to be pretty, pretty one-sided. We are going to win handily. I'm, I'm, I'm guessing like I'll go like 35. This I'll go like 35 to nine. Um, as a final score, and I don't even think our starters finish this game. I think Lamar's gonna go out there, put up all the points he can, and you know I mean, go ahead and uh, head, head to the showers the fourth quarter. Um, I think this is a blowout. Um, I'm really excited to see what this offense looks like. I think we strike early, and then I think the gas pedal comes off a little bit in the second half. Um, so I'm putting us at around 35, 36 points, kind of like Trey. Um, I think the defense shows out. I think we get an O-way sighting 
not an almost away, but a full an almost away. away, a full away, a full away, <laughs> one point zero, not point five. Right. <laughs> um, but uh, <laughs> I think the defense plays well. I think you know this is a this is a uh, relatively easy game. Um, I think, man, Trey, you kind of have where I was thinking. Like I had like 36, 35, 10, somewhere around that range. We may give up a touchdown and a field goal. Um, so I think the game kind of goes like that. I think Lamar looks good. Um, I don't, I, I'm not expecting our running game to look great. It hasn't looked great so far. And mm-hmm. I know, um, it's going to take a while for that to get going. So, but I think passing wise, we're going to be on the money. I think Zay's going to look great. I think Odell makes a couple plays, Bateman will make a play. Um, so I think, I think we're pretty solid 30, 36, 10. I'll go with that. Yeah. I'm, I'm interested to see with JK, you know, how he looks. Cause we saw when we're after he got the D scope done last year he kind of had that burst back but wasn't 100 percent. now that he's had a full off season i'm interested to see if jk can if he breaks something and he just goes let me say where that speed is that speed is like 100 percent. that's gonna be that's gonna be interesting to watch and same thing like you said uh trey with kyle i think kyle's pro bowler this year if he takes the steps that he took those last few games and really is like confident in his game this year and actually starts being more aggressive in plays and stuff like that i think he yeah he could potentially be uh, a pro bowler for this team. Um, you, you think about having, you know, Marcus Williams back there, who's already a pro bowler, and then having another pro bowler and a strong safety like that, that could work. And I'm, I'm hoping with all the work they've been doing, Ajabo and Adafe have been doing in the offseason, and Adafe's working on his power rush moves, yeah. and Ajabo's, you know, we've seen him out there, haven't really seen much anything. Maybe when the season starts, things are different. You know, we'll hope to see. But if we can get – if we can – each of them can get – seven or eight sacks a piece uh-huh. i think that would you know you're gonna have queen and roquan and those guys and get get stuff too but i'm hoping you know and i think broderick washington and um those guys will be able to do stuff in the middle um as well but um if if adafi and ajabo can get eight eight or eight or nine sacks a piece seven or eight sacks i think that would be that'd be solid so all right I think that's it for today. Um, you know, everybody be safe heading to if you're heading to the game, be safe. Uh watching the game, don't drink too much beer. Um or, or whatever liquor you're drinking that day. Don't eat too many nachos, don't eat any pretzels, uh, chicken wings. You know, this is my favorite time of year. It's my favorite foods. My favorite foods, you know, pop around this time of year. So can't wait. So um we'll got you thank you guys for listening. We'll catch you guys. Uh, next week, hopefully after a Ravens win, start one to know. All right, peace. Peace. peace.